0: Good morning, and welcome to the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Program. My name is Andre, and I'm joined with John, who is on the panel. Today we're going to look at the life of Shri Mataji. As many of you already know, Shri Mataji is the founder of Sahaja Yoga Meditation. She started this meditation in 1970, when she worked out how to give people their self-realization, something we will offer you later on. Self-realization occurs when the Sahasrara chakra or energy center is opened. This chakra is located on the crown of the head. There are 7 of these chakras within us, each of which being located along the spine. All of them have a set of unique qualities that correspond to our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Srimadji was able to do this by awakening an energy known as Kundalini, which resides within all of us. We will look at this more closely further on. Shrimadji was born on the 21st of March 1923 in Chindwara, which is located in the centre of India. During her pregnancy, Shrimadji's mother, Cornelia Bai, expressed a desire to her husband to see a tiger in its natural environment. As it's customary for Indians to fulfil the desires of the pregnant wife, believing such desires to be those of the unborn child, an expedition was arranged. Shortly after they made their way into a nearby jungle, a tiger appeared. Cornelia Bai noticed that it was a tigress and that, like, it's, like herself, it was pregnant. Srimadji's father jokingly said that Cornelia Bai might deliver Durga, the goddess who rides on a tiger. Srimadji's early life was coloured by the social and political changes taking place in India at the time. At the time of her birth, British control of India was at its peak. There was, however, strong resistance to this at a grassroots level, which found expression in the independence movement. Since 1600, the British had been exploiting India for much of its natural resources. With time, they established political and administrative infrastructure, essentially turning the country into a colony. In 1857, the first of any real opposition to British rule took place. The opposition was violent in nature and was ultimately unsuccessful. It would be more than 60 years later, after the First World War, that a figure emerged at the forefront of a growing anti-British movement. It was Mahatma Gandhi, and he was promoting the idea of non-violent resistance, an idea which had enormous resonance with the people. In 1925, Srimadji's father attended a speech given by Gandhi and was deeply impacted by it. He and his wife joined the nationalist movement, a decision that would have enormous consequences. This is the world in which Shri Mataji was born. Here is an excerpt from a talk where she talks about her parents' dedication to the nationalist movement.
1: In this country, we had a struggle of freedom. I was part and parcel of that. My parents were part and parcel of that. They were rich people, quite rich, I should say, from every standard. You'll be amazed, my father burnt all his suits. They were stitching in England. My mother burnt all her saris. They used to spin their own clothes and wear them. And only one coat throughout my education. When I was in Lahore, which is terribly cold, sometimes can be like London. But we never grudged, and never grumbled and never said that our Father should have looked after us and done something, why did He just sacrifice everything for the country. Never, never, never. That quality was created, I should say, by Mahatma Gandhi. He made everybody so transformed into a new personality. All the money that we had, everything that we had, all conveniences, all housing, everything was given up, not only by My Father, but so many of them. Otherwise, we could not have got our freedom. To
0: get our freedom, this country has sacrificed so much. Srimadaraj's parents met with Mahatma Gandhi several times. Gandhi used to call Srimadarajee Nepali because he said she resembled Sri Sita, the goddess who was from Nepal. On one occasion, when Srimadarajee's family was visiting Gandhi, Gandhi asked her father which of his children would one day help him in the movement. And without waiting for a response, he picked up Shrimadji in his arms. Here is Shrimadji talking about Gandhi and the nationalist movement.
1: I must say Gandhiji had a special charm. I don't know how he managed. He was like touch of Midas, touched anybody, he became transformed. And he was an extremely strict man, very kind to me, to children. But he was an extreme, extremely strict man. He would not tolerate any nonsense at all. Throughout, if you study the way all these people were brought up, not only for freedom of or independence, but even before that for spiritual life, anywhere. This one thing very common is sacrifice. And the consciousness that you are doing something right, Consciousness that you are part and parcel of the whole. I've seen it with my own eyes. Such people in this country, whom you may call legendary, but I've seen it. Thousands of people were killed and butchered. Children died. Nobody shed tears. Nobody shed tears.
0: Shumaraji completed her schooling in 1940. Receiving high marks, which allowed her to enter into her field of choice, medicine. There would be difficulties, however, when her father was jailed for his involvement in the independence movement, putting financial stress on the family. This caused Shrumadaji to postpone her studies. In a documentary about her life, Shrumadaji speaks about this period.
1: I had a hand for curing people, and I had a liking for medical studies also so despite all other problems i thought best is to do medicine but uh, suddenly my college was closed in 42 moreover my father was in jail so we didn't have sufficient money also my mother would sell her ornaments to get the money education. So when my college was closed, my mother said, no, stop. We can't afford to wait.
0: In 1947, Sri was engaged to be married to Sir C.P. Srivastava. Sir C.P. was a civil servant and would later become joint secretary to the Indian Prime Minister, the late Sri Lal Bahadur Shastri. He then went on to become the first chief executive of the Shipping Corporation of India and was elected to serve as the secretary-general of the International Maritime Organization, a United Nations agency. He served in this capacity for 18 years. Included in his long list of awards and recognitions, he was conferred by Queen Elizabeth II the title of knight-commander of the Order of St. Michael and St. George. Now that she was married, Shumariji would become a wife and mother, while the public phase of her life would not begin until 1970, she gave deep consideration to the myriad problems facing humankind. She knew the only solution to the problems of the world would be a spiritual one. Shrimaji was aware that throughout the ages, many prophets, prophets, saints and divine incarnations had come on earth with messages of deep importance only to be ignored. Their words were often misconstrued and reinterpreted she realised the only way people could truly grow spiritually was to give them their realisation.
1: I started going to different people supposed to be preaching about spirituality, talking about spirituality. But what I found they themselves were not spiritual. Very greedy, trying to want everything, running after women. I said, what sort of things these are? If they are like this, what are they going to teach me? So I gave up hopes. Then I started searching myself within myself. And one day in a forest I was with lots of people who were seeking. And I went near the big... And uh, there I was sitting. And suddenly a light came into me. And uh, I saw it clearly that I am a satisfied soul. I don't need anything. I don't want anything. And uh, that is the time when I saw a few things happening.
0: In 1970, on the 5th of May, Srimadji opened the Sahasrara. To open the Sahasrara, Srimadji went into deep meditation and was able to awaken the kundalini, a mothering energy that resides within all of us. When this kundalini rises, it moves through each of the chakras, ultimately piercing the Sahasrara. When this occurs, silence fills us. The chatter of the mind quietens, allowing us to take in the world around us without internal interference. This state is what true meditation is all about. It's what we call thoughtless awareness. Here, Shri Mataji explains the experience of giving realization to people.
1: When I started raising their Kundalini, first only two people got it, gradually. Then so many people got this. So they said, we too want to have this within us, so can you give us, I shall try, I don't know. So we thought we should go into a place which is away from the city. So we were about 25 people, I think six or seven people got their realisation. So they told us that we are feeling the cool breeze in our hand, and also the cool breeze coming out of Bone area. So I said, that's it. Now you have to grow in it. You have to watch. With a witness state, you should find out what has happened to I must say, those, those, those days people were very, very genuine. They wanted. It was not just a stunt. And so... Altogether, out of 25, 21
0: got this. These days, realization is the starting point of a spiritual journey and not the destination. Here Shri Mataji talks about one's growth in realization.
2: We can
1: uh, see from one point that human beings are created as human beings. And uh, they have mental, emotional, all these sides. Now they are guided by their emotional side, maybe mental side, also depending on the birth and all that. So they are bound by all these things. We have within us a power. I call it as kundalini which is kept in the triangular bone which is sleeping there so when you awaken that kundalini she passes through these various aspects of her life and she enlightens them not only enlightens them but she binds them and makes them one that is where we become above all these things and we become ourselves. This is what I discovered long time back. But to put it into somebody's head is very difficult. But when it started working out, they would ask me how it has worked, how it has happened, what has happened. Then I could explain to them.
0: From there... Sahaja Yoga was born. Srimadija began traveling around the world, giving people their self-realization. She gave public talks in halls and sometimes stadiums. Many people found themselves, and subsequently their lives, transformed. Her vision is at once simple and yet awe-inspiring, that this transformation should happen for all humanity. Often a person's journey that leads to their realization is significant. When one looks back, it seems as though the different events and experiences of our life were connected in some unknown way, all leading us to that pivotal moment. Earlier in the week, I spoke with Bogdan about this very topic. Bogdan gained his realization in the early 70s when Sahaja Yoga was just getting underway in the West.
2: Okay, well, there's, there's so many stories with Shri Mataji. who spent uh, 12 years in England, and that wasn't my initial plan. Um, I had, after having finished uh, medicine, I had gone to India and stayed there for about two years, seeking God, seeking something or an answer to why I was on this earth uh some people it it it's very important to know the qu- the answer to that question others don't seem to be rattled by it at all uh however uh, after having come to england from india um, i realized that it was the weather was terrible it was cold it was constantly dark you go to work uh uh uh, at nine, it'd still be dark. You'd be in electric lights, and you'd come home at three or four, or five, and it'd all always be dark. This is winter, of course, and uh, the whole place started to get really dreary for me. And I thought I was—I'd done quite a lot in India and searched and trekked and mountain you know, different mountain tops and talked to many different people. I thought might have answers. And then uh, I thought that's it in England, time to go home. What I'll do is I'll go home, get my health back uh, earn some more money and spear out again maybe in two or three or four years so in those days London was the capital of the cut price air ticket, air tickets and this was in the sort of late seventies mid to late seventies and uh, I got time out which had in fact I think it was the first edition of Time Out which is a magazine that a lot of travellers will know about who have been to England and it tells you about cinemas, rock groups uh, different uh, operas, different things happening on Shaftesbury Avenue theatre plays and so on but they did have a section there also to tell you who, who sells cheap plane tickets and as I was looking for that section I saw a picture of Shrimadji, small postage size stamp, black and white, smiling at me and I looked at it, it attracted my attention and I was looking at it and underneath it was a caption that said self-realization given and I said well that's that's hard, you normally you you normally have to study with a teacher or a guru in India or up on a mountain top for years And, and then it said it was for free and I thought well gee this would be great so my mind didn't actually um really understand it. It was being, in a sense, critical of the caption, not really believing it, but something in my heart, in the centre of my chest, felt very joyful about it. So I asked myself, well, where, when is it? And, and lo and behold, the date was today. And when? Well, it was going to be on at 7.30 at uh, Caxton Hall, near Russell Square uh, Underground Tube and um, Tube Station. And I said, "Why, oh, that's only two hours away." I was at West Kensington at the time, and uh, so there it was—two and a half hours away uh, today. And where? Two state train stops away. Two, literally, two underground tube station stops away. So I literally ran down those stairs, went, jumped into a tube, into a train, and ran up. And in front of Caxton Hall, there was a large, similar picture of Shyamalaji. Yes, I'm in the right place walked in and realized I was about one and a half or one and three quarters hours early, nobody there yet so I just sat down, there was a sort of a sense of impending incite, in, excitement inside me I saw a few of her sort of followers come and they were all pale and shaking. I thought Mm, this may not be the right place uh, you know because one sees, one sees uh, the reflection of the teacher in the pupils uh, one thinks one does um, but I sat there because I, I really, inside, I felt this might be a pivotal moment. And one and a half hours on, uh, after the these young people had uh, put up a chair for Shri Mataji and a glass of water on a small little table, this lady walked in, uh, in a white sari, black hair, and she was just, her presence was electrifying, it was just amazing. And... Uh, the thing is that I also, in India, picked up uh, the ability to see auras at that time, which I subsequently took one and a half years to get rid of. But uh, that process, in that process, when Mother walked on stage, or this lady at that time for me, um, I saw a tremendous halo around her head. It was like sunlight. It was just like midday sunlight. And it wasn't just... And I said to myself, this this... Um, you know, the, the saints, as they're painted on, on the holy pictures and icons, they have one maybe six inches in diameter away from their head. Christ has a similar one, the Lord Buddha has one, Krishna and Rama have one. But who's this? who has got this tremendous halo, which is two of my arm lengths in radius. So it would be about at least six, six feet each side of a head. And uh, I said, Bogdan, you better stick around. This could be somebody very special. So Shrimadji started to talk about chakras, and I, having studied it both in India and for many years prior, said, Well, I know about chakras. This is, you know, uh, this is something not new to me. And then she started to talk about deities, and of course, you know, having spent two years in India, you imbibe some of the culture. And having read about it previously, I said, well, I know about deities, But then Srimadji started to talk about deities in chakras. And I said, my ears really perked up because I, uh, you know, this is something I hadn't heard before. And she talked with such intensity and such love and such joy that uh, something inside me felt refreshed. And uh, this hippie uh, jumped up uh, very dirty and started to scream at Srimadji that it was full of love. And, uh, and somehow was accusing her of something. And I thought, well, this is not on. This is a very uh, noble-looking lady, the way she speaks and with such care. Why, you know, this person has no right to talk to her like that. And uh, all of a sudden she just pointed at him, and said, very gently but very firmly, be quiet. I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to something, something deeper in you. And I, of course, sitting there silently thought, well, there may be deities in my chakra, so if she's talking to the deities, well, let them listen. I I was had this sort of arrogance streak in me at the time. Anyway, Srimarajji talked for about half an hour longer, and then she gave a self-realization process. And as she came up to the forehead area, which is the agya chakra, I could sense this power, uh, which I didn't know what it was at the time. Uh, welling up inside me uh, up the spine and then it came up against this tremendous blockage in my forehead area which is at the level of the third eye and I felt like there, I could hear noises like an icebreaker on ice like crunchy, <coughs> crunching crunching I mean, my god it felt so strong this force that it was trying to push its way up but it was and, and the, the words that came to me at that my god this is a uh, Unstoppable force against an immovable object. What will happen? I think my head will explode. So, uh, and my eyes were sort of fluttering very quickly, about a hundred to the minute, or even faster. And uh, and I heard a voice from a long, far, a long way away. Shrimadji's saying, "All those whose eyes are fluttering, please forgive." And. I said, well, you know, I haven't really done anything. Uh, You know, I've been rather relatively good to people. They've been good to me. There's nothing to forgive. My eyes kept fluttering. I looked around, and other people's eyes were fluttering too. Shri again said, as if from far away, all those whose eyes continue to flutter, please forgive. And again, I said, well, you know, I haven't really done anything uh, to disturb people uh, too much, you know, and they haven't done much to me. Uh, why Why should I bother? And my eyes kept fluttering. And then... I think on the third or fourth time of this, uh, she said, even if you don't mean it, just say it. And I said, well, you know, that's that's easy to do. And I said those two words, simple, simple words. I forgive. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, these rusty ancient doors inside some sort of ancient old pyramid started to grind open. And I went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. At last, at last, it's happening and as it started to open i was filled with a tremendous peace and silence and i realized that so many years of uh, uh, twenty or thirty years of of uh... seeking uh... had come to an end i realized that a seeker is pushed by this inner force to seek uh... the goal um, and and he'll never rest until until uh... he achieves or at least cites the goal. And uh tears started to pour down uh my from my eyes and inside I was just so thankful to ji that she had given this realization which I had read about in many uh texts, uh Sufi texts and Hindu texts and Buddhist texts and here was the reality manifesting within me. And uh I, in fact, when I was looking at Shri Mariji, I saw the the visual was, it's Christ. Inside of me, inside my heart, I, I, I thought without a doubt that I was in front of uh, God Almighty. It was, there was no doubt in it whatsoever. And it wasn't even an awesome discovery. It was just what is. It's, it's so simple. Uh, that's what is it's nothing overblown it's it's a very loving very silent very deep and holy uh... state
0: You're listening to the Sahaja Yoga Meditation Programme. We will now hear a talk where Shri Mataji talks about the Sahasrara Chakra.
1: It's a very privileged place for you to enter into the Sahasrara of the Virat, reside in the brain as cells of that Sahasrara. Let us see what is the quality of the cells of Sahasrara. These are specially created cells through the working of the Swadhisthana. Passing through all the chakras, when they arrive at Sastrara, they are equipped to handle the brain's activity without getting involved. Into other elements in the body. In the same way, the Sajogis are not to be involved with the other cells, human beings. of the body of the seniors the first thing that happens to a Sahaja yogi at the sarara level that he becomes beyond atit so many things he transcends kalatit He goes beyond time. Time is his slave. If you have to go somewhere, then suddenly you discover that everything is working about the same time when you are able to do it like you are, say, to catch a train and you arrive late at the station, you find the train is late for you. Things work out in such a way that you feel they are all acting for your complete convenience. So you go beyond time, kala Then you go beyond dharma, dharma, means dharma becomes part and parcel of your being. Nobody has to tell you, you do this or you do that, you just don't do it. Whatever you have to do it, you do it. When you go beyond all these dharmas that are the human dharmas, human dharma is that his attention gets attracted either with lust, greed, at something, and then he cannot pull out his attention. But now the attention becomes dharma teeth, means the attention loses its dharma. The dharma of the attention are such that we have to put the dharmas taught by the prophets to control them, because we are coming from the lowest level. So these dharmas exist in our being and start showing. And when they attack us, then we have to have some measures to control it. So we build up our dharmas, our rules and regulations and control them, the dharmas which have come to us from lower condition. This is the greatness of human beings, that they have made their own dharmas. established on top of the lower dharmas. Like carbon has, say, four valences, it has to be in four valences. It acts according to the four valences. It cannot make it six, but human beings can make those valences established which are supposed to be representing the human dharma, the manav dharma. But with the Sahastrara ascent, the attention loses that quality, means you don't have need, there's no need to put dharmas, restrictions upon yourself. You don't have to discipline, but you get disciplined automatically. That is the first sign of a person who is belonging to nirmal religion. That is pure, attention doesn't get attached or attacked by anything whatsoever, it is so pure. Like the lotus leaf, water doesn't stay on it. So you become Kalatit, you become Dharmatit, you become gunati means the three roots in which you are born, left, right and center, you go beyond. The left one is the one by which you have emotional attachments of your attention. The second one is the physical and the mental attachments. And the third one, the attachment to the dharma, attachment to be righteous and making other righteous, of disciplining others and disciplining yourself, which is the sattvika, where a person tries to control all his enemies of lust, anger, pride, vanity, attachments, and greed. All these restrictions on the attention get lost and you become a free person of complete wisdom your attention itself becomes charming.
0: We will now offer you the experience of self-realization. Please take off your shoes, get seated in a comfortable position, place your hands on your lap, palms upward, close your eyes and follow Srimadhaji's instructions.
1: Now, we have to close our eyes. You can take out your spectacles because you shouldn't open your eyes till I tell you. Also, if you have something very tight on your waist, very tight, or on your neck, then you can little bit reduce the pressure on these two centers. Whatever I have told you, all these conditions, in short, means you should be very pleasantly placed towards yourself because you are going to enter into the Kingdom of God. So you have to be very pleasantly placed towards yourself. Now, please put left hand like this towards Me, both the feet apart from each other, I put right hand on your heart and now close your eyes. Here you have to ask a very fundamental question about you to me. You can call me mother or you can call me Sri Mataji, whatever you like. (coughs) Please ask a question three times in your heart. All these questions are to be asked in your heart. Mother, Am I the Spirit? Ask this question three times. Mother, am I the Spirit? As I told you, if you are the Spirit, you get the guide to yourself, so you become a master of yourself the Spirit becomes your master. So now take your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen on the left-hand side. Here ask another fundamental question three times. Mother, am I my own master? Mother, am I my own master? Ask this question three times, please. I have already told you that I respect your freedom and the pure knowledge cannot be forced on you. So now please take your hand in the lower portion of your abdomen. The center has got six petals. So please ask six times, Mother, please give me pure knowledge. Mother, please give me pure knowledge. Six times. When you ask for pure knowledge, the Kundalini starts moving upward. So we have to, we have to nourish our upper centers with our self-confidence. So please raise your right hand in the upper portion of your abdomen, on the left hand side and press it. And here again you have to say with full confidence, ten times, Mother, I am my own master. Please say it with full confidence ten times, Mother, I am my own master. I've already told you (coughs) the fundamental truth about you is that you are not this body, not mind, you are not these conditionings and the ego, nor these emotions and intelligence, but you are the pure Spirit. So now raise your right hand on top of your heart and here with full confidence, please say twelve times, Mother, I, I am the pure Spirit. Please say that. Mother, I am the pure Spirit. Please say it twelve times. Now, one has to understand that this all-pervading power is the ocean of knowledge, is the ocean of compassion, love and bliss, is the ocean of truth. But above all, it is the ocean of forgiveness. whatever wrong you might have done, this ocean of forgiveness can completely forgive you. It is that powerful. So forgive yourself and raise your right hand into the corner of your neck and your shoulder and turn your head to your right. Here you have to again say it with full confidence, sixteen times. Full confidence. Mother, I am not guilty at all. Mother, I am not guilty at all, please say it sixteen times with full confidence. I've already told you, whether you forgive or don't forgive, you don't do anything. But if you don't forgive, then you play into wrong hands. So you have to forgive. If you don't forgive as it is all your lives, you have played into wrong hands. And if you don't forgive, you'll also miss out your Realization because this center won't open. So please forgive. Now raise your right hand on top of your forehead across, put the fingers on one side and your thumb on the other, press it hard on the temples, and now put it down your head as far as possible. Here, again, you have to say with full confidence, from your heart, not how many times, but from your heart, Mother, I forgive everyone in general. Mother, I forgive everyone in general. This is very important. Without your forgiving, I cannot forgive. You have to forgive yourself. Please take your right hand now, the back side of your head, and push back your head as far as possible. Now here you have to say, Again, with full confidence and from your heart, not how many times, without counting your mistakes, without feeling guilty, just for your satisfaction you have to say, O All-Pervading Power, please forgive Me if I have done anything wrong knowingly or unknowingly. O All-Pervading Power, if I have done anything wrong, knowingly or not knowingly, please forgive Me. Say it with full confidence. Now the last center, which is very important. please. Stretch your palm fully. Put the center of your palm on top of your head in the, on the fontanel bone area, which was a soft bone in your childhood. Now put down your head as far as possible and push back your fingers. Please, this is very important, that please push back your fingers. Here again I cannot force Self-realization on you, because I respect your freedom, I cannot cross over it. So move your hand now seven times, slowly, clockwise, saying seven times, Mother, please give me (coughs) Self-realization. take down your hands. Please take down your hands. Now, please put the right hand forward like this and bend your head and see for yourself if there is a cool or a warm or a hot breeze-like waves are coming from your fontanel bone area. But don't put the hand on top of your head but away from it and see for yourself Sometimes you get it very far, sometimes quite close. So just try to feel if there's cool or hot or warm, breeze-like waves breeze are coming. It is you who have to certify yourself. Now put the left hand towards me. Now again, put down your head and see for yourself again <coughs> if there's a cool breeze or a warm or a hot breeze is coming. It is warm or hot because you have not forgiven perhaps, or maybe you have a liver problem or some other problem, but doesn't matter, at least you must forgive. Please forgive to help Me and help yourself. Please forgive. Again, you put your right hand towards Me and put down your left hand on top of your head and see for yourself if there is a cool breeze or a hot, or a warm breeze coming out of your head. May God bless you all. Thank you very much.
0: Well, that's the end of the program for another week. Until next Sunday, have a great week and great meditations.
3: I
4: mm-hmm. 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 i